Can't pay the IRS? Haven't filed in a while? Receiving threatening letters? Yeah, it's about to get worse. The IRS is hiring an army of agents targeting hardworking Americans like you. You need warriors on your side. You need Tax Network USA. Tax Network USA employs brilliant strategies to solve your IRS problems quickly and in your favor. For instance, they've discovered a limited-time special offer that the IRS is willing to waive $1 billion in penalties. Find out if you qualify before it's too late. Never call the IRS alone. Let Tax Network USA attorneys handle it. They have preferred direct lines to the IRS. They know which agents to work with and which to avoid. They've resolved over $1 billion in tax debts and offer a best-in-class guarantee. Schedule your free consultation now. Call one 800 245 6000 That's one 800 245 6000 Or visit taxnetworkusa.com slash victor. Taxnetworkusa.com slash victor. Hello to the listeners of the Victor Davis Hanson Show. This is our Friday news special, I guess I would say. We're not going to look at all the news, but we are going to look at a few important things going on in politics today. Part of it's with Elon Musk and then also the Democratic Party and maybe a little bit of talk about inflation. But first, let's listen to these messages and then we'll be right back. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with Factors No Prep, No Mess Meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factors Fresh, Never Frozen Meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious Great tasting meals. Make today the day you kickstart a new healthy routine. What are you waiting for? For our listeners, Factor is giving you 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month when you use the promo code VICTOR50 at factormeals.com slash VICTOR50. Choose from six menu preferences to help you manage calories, maximize protein intake, avoid meat, or simply eat well-balanced. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Remember, to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month, head to factormeals.com slash victor50, that's V-I-C-T-O-R-5-0, and use the code VICTOR50, that's code VICTOR50, at factormeals.com slash VICTOR50 to get 50% off your first box, plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Hey folks, if you've been listening to our show, you've probably heard Victor talk about Hillsdale College. It's one of the few colleges in the U.S. still interested in teaching truth. What you probably didn't know is that they have over 40 free online courses. And Victor is one of the professors in three of those courses, American Citizenship and its Decline, based on Victor's book, The Dying Citizen, How Progressive Elites, Tribalism, and globalization are destroying the idea of America, the Second World Wars, based on his book by the same name, and Athens and Sparta, partly based on his book, 
a war like no other, how the Athenians and Spartans fought the Peloponnesian War. Don't you wish Victor would have been one of your professors in college? Well, now you can join him as he covers some of the main ideas of his books with Hillsdale College's online courses, all available for free. That's right, for free. The courses are seven to nine episodes long, and they are self-spaced, so you can take them whenever and wherever. I think I'm going to start with American Citizenship and Its Decline, where Victor explores the history of citizenship in the West and the threats it faces today. Threats like the erosion of the middle class, the disappearance of our borders, the growth of an unaccountable deep state, and the rise of globalist organizations. Hey, start your free course with Victor Davis Hansen today. Go right now to hillsdale.edu slash vdh to start. It's free and it's easy to get started. That's hillsdale.edu slash vdh to start. hillsdale.edu slash vdh. Welcome back. This is the Victor Davis Hanson Show. Victor is the Martin and Neely Anderson Senior Fellow in Military History and Classics at the Hoover Institution and the Wayne and Marsha Buskey Distinguished Fellow in History at Hillsdale College. Welcome, Victor. I hope things are going well for you. And are there things on your mind these days before we start? I should say, are there things that are not on my mind? <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I'm like most of our listeners just wondering how much more we have to endure before we find relief from these Orwellian 14, 15 months of Joe Biden. But that's something yeah. we can bring up during the Yeah, time. yeah, we can. So what we're going to do first is look at Elon Musk. Again, revisit him. But, you know, it seems like he's giving us endless news these days. And then we'll talk a little bit about the Democratic Party. And then I have a special question for you on the Biden inflation. But Elon Musk first, we hear the left out there frightened and, and sort of shrieking about things, especially what they call the tyranny of free speech. And so they're a little bit worried that it might unleash hate speech if Elon Musk gets in control of Twitter. And I was wondering, what are your thoughts on Elon Musk's recent acquisition? Yeah, I mean, they're flipping out is really reveals how what ninnies they are. I mean, they really expect us to, to sympathize with them. First of all, they loved, they loved Elon Musk. Remember, he was the green guru. He was going yeah. to take on the big three. He was going to take on the fossil fuel. He was the outsider, Tesla. All of a sudden, he revolutionized the entire car industry. Tesla you know, can go 400, 500 miles now. It's almost equivalent to a internal combustion engine, and, and its performance characteristics are getting close. So they, they should love him. And remember, he, they said they were going to destroy him, that the big three would destroy him. He's got more market capitalization. He's got a trillion dollars in market capitalization. Now, I know that's inflated that he sells, you know, one-tenth of the number of cars that Toyota does every end. But they should love him. They should love him because he's like a, the original Star Trekkie. He's got his space exploration company. And that's what the left loves, I thought. You know, this guy is doing all these wonderful things in space for us. Look at what he did with his uh, 
his next generation internet linkage. He gave it free to the Ukrainians fighting the oppressive Russians. So they should love him, but they despise him. They hate him. It just flipped. And why? Because suddenly he was successful in gaining a majority control of Twitter. And they're angry about that. Now, why are they angry about that? Because in a normal, sane world, our listeners would say, Victor, why are they angry about that? Mark Zuckerberg's got a 2 billion people person audience in Facebook. He's got, I don't know, eight or nine times the amount of listeners or participants, I should say, not listeners, participants than Twitter does. Twitter's, I don't know, it's worth just a fraction of what Facebook is. And so why would they be worried? And Mark Zuckerberg, remember, in, infused $419 million stealthy, in a stealthy fashion into pre-selected precincts where he absorbed the responsibility of the registrars to warp the balloting, to get out a high number of early voting and mail-in ballot left-wing voters. He did so in such a spectacular fashion, they couldn't even shut up about it. Remember Molly Fast in Time Magazine bragged and bragged about it. They were so proud of what he'd done. Jeff Bezos, who's now after his divorce and after the rise of Musk, the second wealthiest man in the world, he, he not only bought the Washington Post, but he politicized it if that was possible. And it's even more activist than it ever was. Mm-hmm. And Steve Jobs' widow, Lisa Jobs, she owns the Atlantic, and she's turned that into a hyper-partisan instrument of political bias. So my point is, think of their argument. It is, you can't have a multi-billionaire buying and controlling a media platform, and that is why we hate Elon Musk, but we have given exemptions to Lisa Jobs and to Mark Zuckerberg and to Jeff Bezos and a whole score of others I haven't mentioned. Nobody's going to buy that. The second argument is we hate Elon Musk because he's for free speech and he wants people to participate. And we are the party of censorship, Soviet suppression of free expression, and we're monopolies. And we don't like somebody kind of break up our monopoly. And third, they are terrified of that guy because they feel that he is breaking down the door of Silicon Valley. And if he succeeds, who knows, maybe... Within these companies, I don't know, it's not just Twitter, but maybe within Facebook or Google. Google's changed a little bit, by the way, or Snapchat or all of these uh, YouTube. There's going to be people coming out of the woodwork, the employees that won't be afraid anymore. Maybe some of them are traditional Americans. Maybe some are a little bit conservative. Maybe this will give encouragement to true social or parlor or rumble will get more influential. And so they feel that it's kind of like the Berlin Wall. If a bunch of Germans go out there and say, and Reagan says, tear down this wall, and they start using sledgehammers, and they break it down, maybe it'll spread all over Eastern Europe. So he is Ronald Reagan saying, tear down this wall, Silicon Valley. And they, they are terrified because they do not have 51. We'll get to that probably if you want to ask me why the Democratic Party is so terrified. But they are terrified of him. Yeah. And they hate him. And they it's it's just surreal how he went from a folk hero on the left of the little guy, the David attacking the Goliath of the automobile industry or the space exploration industry and all of these philanthropic uh, things he does. And they despise him. 
Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting reading all these articles about them, especially from the left-leaning press. One of them was talking about, well, he's going to be stupid in the industry and he's not going to know how to handle all the algorithms that are used to censor people. And he might get, the article said he might be undermined by some of the employees there. I don't oh, think yeah. he's going to be that stupid. No, I think, gonna... <laughs> I think somebody who built a, the largest company, automobile company in the world, and took on Toyota and GM and Ford and Mercedes and Honda needs any lectures from a bunch of geeks in Silicon Valley about naivete. I think we know how he operates. He's probably going to get a couple of ramrods and say, go through the list and tell me which SOB was intellectually honest and knows this thing from A to Z and get him in here. And he's going to say to him, look, you want to work here or you want, don't want to work here? You've got a wealth of expertise. I want you to head an entire team to open up this monopoly. And I want algorithms that allow people to have free speech and are consistent. And humans can't go in there and massage them as they have been doing. You know this. So what do you want to do? You want to be famous and work for me? Or you want to be part of the old Soviet regime? It's up to you. And then if you don't want, I got a guy behind you that's sitting in the waiting room. That's how he runs things. So he's not afraid of that whatsoever. Weird thing is that Twitter's 270 million people worldwide. It is true. They were disproportionately white. They were disproportionately liberal. They were disproportionately bicoastal. Okay, we all knew that. And that's why they hated conservatives. And that's why they drove them out and they canceled them and they ostracized them and they deplatformed them and they defamed them and they suppressed the Hunter laptop story, et cetera, et cetera. And now that it's slipping away, have you heard Jin Saki and Joy Reid? Well, <laughs> who needs Twitter? It was a bunch of old white people and liberal people and bicoastal people and it wasn't representative. In other words, we hate our former selves for using it because now we can't control it. Well, as long as we control it, we kind of like this bicoastal wealthy white person's club. And now we're going to hate it. We hate ourselves now. It's just ridiculous. They are so pathetic. They're coming up with every type of weird Orwellian exegesis to explain the fact that somebody just walked into Silicon Valley and said, here's 40 something billion dollars and threw it on the table. And now he's one of them. They can't control him. They don't know what he's going to do. And no. mark my words, the way the left operates, as soon as that deal went through, or even before, they got on the phone to Mark Merrick Garland, and they said, you know what? Go after that guy. We want you to go after him. Bruce Orr fashion or Eric Holder fashion. That's how the left operates. They're so sanctimonious, think they're so morally superior, they can do anything without accountability. And they will go after him and after him and after him. And I assume because he's Elon Musk that he has taken you know preemptive action to preclude that. We'll see. I'm sure he has that this article that I was reading in the very moment after it said he might be undermined or sabotaged by somebody from within. It said that he required Twitter to lock down the algorithms before he would buy it. So he's not all that stupid. And he, and he looks at the political landscape. Notice he didn't buy this on January 7th, or he didn't buy it a week after the election of 2020. He's surveying the landscape and he says, you know, all these left-wing pundits that say, oh, there might be a slight correction. Oh, we could lose a few seats. No, 
he's saying this is going to be an existential referendum, like 1932, 36, more so than 2010. People have had it with the left. It's not just the issues of Joe Biden that no one likes from you know inflation to gas prices to racial obsessions to the southern border. It's not just Joe Biden as a walking, what do we call him, a cognitively challenge? Is that a, the euphemistic word? <laughs> non complementas It's not just that Kamala Harris can't open her mouth without spouting juvenile gibberish. It's, it's holistic. Everybody's saying, I got to decide whether to drive to LA and here in California or have a food tonight. I can't afford both. You know, they're not talking about 9% wholesale prices, 11% wholesale price increase. We're talking on key stuff of life items, gas, 40%, building materials, 50, 60%, food, 20%, housing, 40%, cars, 35%. We've never seen in these key areas of what it is, you know, to live, you know, a lot of people say, oh, well, you know, paper hasn't gone up. <laughs> well, who cares? I mean, you don't need paper. Or they always do that. They look at little things that are not essential. Yeah. But when the essential things to live, people are saying to themselves, I have never seen anything like this. I cannot believe it. And yeah. I don't know if this system is going to work. When they go into downtown LA or San Francisco here in California, and they look at the street and the homelessness and the excrement and the violence, they say, I cannot believe this. When they read about people throwing people into the subway or killing people, and they think this person, before they even get to the end of the news, they say, this person's obviously out on bail from a Soros prosecuting federal, local, state attorney. And they're right. So they think the whole civilization is collapsing and they're going to take it out on the Democrats and they should. And Elon Musk knows that. And he's saying, basically, you guys let me in and I'll reform you or those Republicans are going to take the House and Senate. And then this crazy world, who knows, they could take 60 seats. Everybody says that's you know impossible. I'm, it's, nothing is impossible. This is like the British at the battle of, you know, after the defeat at Yorktown's playing the end of the world, right? They don't, <laughs> anything is possible right now in the United States, anything. Yeah. And the left said, and yes, anything is possible. We're going to let criminals out. We're going to print $5 trillion. We're going to cancel student debt. We're going to use race as the primary criteria to hire and retain people and admit them. And the majority of American people are now saying, okay, you, Mr. Corporate Boardroom, Mr. LeBron James, Mr. Professional Sports, Mr. Hollywood, Mr. Corporate Boardroom, Mr. Wall Street, Mr. Academic, Mr. K through 12, you have all of the deck stacked against us. But when we come in, we're ready for you this time. And when we come and vote in November, there's going to be a tsunami and, and we're not going to play by the Marcus of Queensbury rules anymore. And I think they're terrified of this yeah. and their ideologues, so they will not change. Believe me, they will not change. And you just reminded me when you were talking about our non-composmentous president and our juvenile vice president that the third in line is Nancy Pelosi and she's senile. Just she's just this is crazy. I can't believe that our first, you know, the three people in line for the presidency are not competent for the job, it would seem to me. But why are you so nice today? I mean, utterly unqualified. I mean, ask your <laughs> Ask the audience right now, we have thousands of people listening, and we have small business people, we have 
high school principals. We have uh, Uber drivers. We have everybody. And would you hire Joe Biden if he came and said, I want to be an Uber driver for you? Or I, I was a very distinguished classroom teacher. I want to be a substitute teacher. Would you hire him? No. You wouldn't. You he couldn't. wouldn't be capable of even doing no, that. No, Jill would drive up and drop it. Jill would drop, drop him, him off. off. And then he would come in here and he'd say, they told me I'm supposed to talk to you. They won't let me say this. They won't do this. <laughs> and and you wouldn't hire him. And then with her, if you brought in Kamala Harris, you'd say, hmm, I run an insurance company. I needed somebody at the front desk. And she said, front desk? We love front desk. It's a new front desk experience. I've been a front desk person all my life. The desk is in the front and I am a front desk person. That's what she would say. (laughs) And you would say, man, where did you come from? What planet did you zoom in from? We do not need you, Kamala. Sorry. You may have a lot of resumes. You may have a padded CV. You may check all of the gender and racial boxes, but I'm sorry, you should go get a real job. You're not going to be working for us. And she can't get a real job. These people yeah. are unemployable. They are. And yeah. that's why they're there where they are, because yeah. we've stooped pretty low to have Joe Biden as president. Her as <laughs> she makes Spiro Agnew look like a senior statesman. Yeah, that's that's for sure. Okay, Victor, let's take a moment for some messages, and then we'll be right back to talk a little bit about the Democratic Party. Have you heard of cancer-fighting foods? The American Cancer Society discovered diets rich in fruits and veggies may actually lower, lower your risk of cancer. Hopefully you hear this and run to the store for five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. If not, you should consider adding Field of Greens to your daily health regimen. Each fruit and veggie in Field of Greens was doctor-selected for studied health benefits. There's a heart health group, lungs, kidneys, and metabolism groups, even healthy weight. What your body needs is found in each scoop of delicious Field of Greens. Will Field of Greens prevent, treat, or cure cancer? No, but it's so powerful It promises at your next checkup, your doctor will notice your improved health or your money back. I got you 15% off and free rush shipping. Visit fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code VICTOR, V-I-C-T-O-R, for your discount. That's promo code VICTOR at fieldofgreens.com, fieldofgreens.com. At Just the News, we break the stories others in the media ignore or are too afraid to tell. We did it on Russia collusion, Hunter Biden, and the security and intelligence failures that preceded January 6th. Our stories have real impact and reach because we stick to the facts. I'm John Solomon. You can help me expand our honest, unvarnished, and unbiased reporting by becoming a premium member at Just the News. You'll get an ad-free experience and exclusive member-only access to events. And you'll be helping us dig up more truth. Join today at justthenews.com slash subscribe. Welcome back. I would like to remind everybody that Victor is the Martin and Neely Anderson Senior Fellow in Military History and Classics at the Hoover Institution and the Wayne and Marsha Buskey Distinguished Fellow in History at Hillsdale College. You can find him at his website, victorhanson.com. That's H-A-N-S-O-N. 
And there's lots on the website, and you can also subscribe to become one of his readers of the Ultra content, which is excessive each week. So probably 2,500 to 3,000 words, it seems, each week with Ultra content, which is exclusive to subscribers at his website. So please come and join us. And Victor, I have our Democratic Party seems to be so crazy now compared to how they were 30 years ago on things like border security and defunding the police and even things like character assassination of judicial candidates like they did to Kavanaugh or accepting accusations of harassment without due process. And I always remember Hirono saying she has to be believed and anybody with their women. She said like this, women have to be believed. You're thinking, Okay, Tara Reid, she called her mom that she was physically and digitally penetrated by Joe Biden. And her mother called in on a talk show and mentioned that my daughter is very works for a very famous. So there was some much more than there was nothing with Kavanaugh, but there was something there. And then they ask her, women must be believed. And of course not. They never believe that. That's just a complete abrogation of the due process in our system, which is anybody who listens to that has to be astounded by somebody saying that. But, you know, half the country is like, yeah, that's that's cool with me. That's what scares the bejeebies out of me. But what's scaring the bejeebies out of the Democratic Party? Well, I mean, what you're saying is if Joe Biden of 2022 talked to Joe Biden of 1990, remember good old Joe Biden from Scranton that wanted to put all the drug dealers in prison for life? wanted to close the border. Remember Nancy Pelosi, 92, 96, you know, Democratic Convention. We've got to close those borders. Those illegal aliens are hurting our union job. They would call their former selves racist and bigots. And so the question we have is what happened to the Bill Clinton Democratic leadership? And we can rule out one thing really quickly. It wasn't because in the year 2016, 2018 or 2020, they hit upon a new, as they say, they did a new progressive paradigm. Now we're going to be socialists. Remember that Newsweek cut? We're all socialists now when Obama came in. And that would mean that, hey, everybody wanted an open border. They don't believe in borders. That's why we're so popular. Hey, the only way we're going to get a green revolution is to get that six, seven dollar, eight dollar gas. We're on our way. Everybody loves it. They love that $7 gallon diesel fuel in California. And then they thought, you know what? They don't want pipelines. They don't want Anwar. They were tired of America, you know, puffing up their chest. They love the pride flag in Kabul and the gender studies program and then skedaddling out, and, you know, turning over $80 billion in military equipment. They love that almost as much as they did the woke. So my point is the agenda of this new Democratic Party is not, it's not the catalyst. It's not what's making them, you know, reject their former self. So what is, who is it? Because they don't have any public support. They can only win when, you know, it's COVID lockdown, Donald Trump killed everybody, or Donald Trump is a Russian agent, or Donald Trump made up a lie about Hunter Biden's laptop. It has to be a psychodrama or something has to do it. And so the answer is, the Democratic Party became the party of the super, super rich. Look at 
any zip code by income, look at congressional district by income, look at the Forbes 400, any barometer you want, the wealthiest people and the near wealthiest people and the upper, upper middle class are that bi-coastal Seattle to La Jolla, Boston to Miami elite. They were the beneficiaries of globalization. They had the global markets. They were in insurance and law and media and academic uh, affairs and investment. And they made out like bandits and they just ridiculed the people. And they're never subject to the consequences of their own ideology. And they poured that global money. I mean, this is the this is something we've never seen in the history of civilization, the staggering amounts of wealth. And when you got Mark Zuckerberg pouring $419 million to warp the responsibility of state registrars in the 2020 election, our Silicon Valley in general. And in addition to that, they took over the institution. They said, you know what? Screw those deplorables. We don't care about Latinos. We don't care about African-Americans. There are subjects. There are peasants. There are serfs. We control the narrative. We took over the NBA, the NFL, Hollywood, academia, K through 12, corporate boardroom, Wall Street, foundations, Silicon. We control it all. We can create fake consensus just by our levers of influence. And in addition to that, they open the borders. They open the borders wide open. So the last 30 years, there's now people came across, especially the last two years, there are almost 50 million people living in the United States, legal residents, not legal, some citizens, most not, who were not born in the United States. And most of those people came in impoverished, without a high school diploma, without capital or skills, and were beholden to the Democratic Party. And that was the other thing they did. And now they think, hmm, we've got all the money. We're the party of the rich. We're the party of institutional control. We change the demography. But the polls show that everybody hates Biden's guts and they don't like Kamala Harris. And we're going to get a tsunami in November. Uh-oh, let's start indoctrinating the youth. We read about it in 1984. The Soviets were good at it, the North Koreans and the Chinese. We're going to get little kids and we're going to start telling them that they're going to be the truth will make them free if they just get vaccinated at five and get their four boosters or whatever it will be soon. And they get set right with transgenderism and they get woke and they confess their white privilege sin. They will be good little leftists for us. That's one of the things they're doing. And the other is, you know, we can't appeal to the people. We're radical. We'd rather be ideologically correct and lose and ideologically incorrect just to get power. So we got to change the whole damn system. Get rid of the check, get rid of the electoral college, get rid of the filibuster, get rid of the federal government, the state's rights to set individual balloting laws, get rid of 50 state union, get rid of almost everything. And maybe we can warp the system that way, change the rule. But you can see the common denominator. They adopted a wealthy person's boutique socialism that made them feel so good about themselves because they were never subject to the downside. They don't care about $6 gas. They don't care about going into downtown LA or Detroit. They don't care about an African-American guy getting shot in the ghetto or a poor white guy out in the middle of nowhere on drugs from fentanyl coming across the border. 
And they thought, why should I care? I control all the institutions. I got a big megaphone and I've altered the demography. I'm going to be the spokesman for the untrodden masses that I don't like and I don't want to be around, but they're useful idiots. That's how they look at the poor. But where does the specific agenda come from that is a pro-agenda? I mean, you're talking about the things they don't care about that pop up, but things like uh, transgendered in a girl's swimming race or... Yeah, but think of what I just said. What are they going to talk about? I just said, are they going to say, that border was wonderful. You didn't like Keystone any better than I did. Why did you ever think that we were going to follow content of our character from Martin Luther King Jr. rather than color of our skin? You know that color of our skin is everything. So they had these agendas, protocols, policies that nobody wanted. So then they thought, well, how do we scare people? Because they don't like us. They don't, they're common sense people. Well, we're going to call them racist, but racism is sort of hard now because class distinctions are more important. What did we, you know, Oprah's a victim, the Obama's a victim. So let's get on to the new cause, transgenderism. That is one quarter, 1% of the American people. Well, we're going to turn it into a civil rights issue and call everybody racist and sexist and homophobes and transgender folks. And that's what they're doing. And all of a sudden, with this crime spike, it's guns, Sammy. It's not Soros DAs. It's not defunding the police. It's those damn guns. It's not even guns. It's what? These orphan shadow weird guns that these white guys with beer bellies put together in their garage in Michigan. Somehow these are killing thousands of innocent people of color in Chicago. That's how desperate they are. And it's radical abortion on demand. That's another big thing they're into. So they are looking for what they call wedge irrelevant issues. Not that they're irrelevant per se, but right now at this time and space, they are irrelevant given the existential challenges we're having. And they're, and they're intended to distract is what you're they telling are. me. All those things they that they're. They do though. They have two ways of distraction. Well, I mean, they have, as I said, they have three ways of getting power. Use that huge amount of globalized money and use the institutions to warp the way people think and import a different constituency. And that has not been enough. So they educate our children and indoctrinate them. They try to change the institutions. And that isn't enough. Not this November. This is a reckoning. So now they are going to, they get in a room, Jen Psaki and Ron Klain and Jill Biden, and they call in Michelle and Barack and Bernie and Elizabeth Warren, and maybe, maybe one of the more respectable, that's an oxymoron, one of the squad members. And they say, okay, we've got to find a wedge issue. January 6th insurrection. And somebody said, ah, we drilled that in the ground. That thing is dying. Donald Trump destroyed America. He's pulling higher than Joe Biden. Gender phobia. We've been, that, that's useful, but it's not enough. So that's what they're doing right now. Yeah. Now, how about, and then somebody says, well, I went to Harvard and I went to Yale Law School. And my parents said it would be a good investment strategy to take a loan out for a Yale Law School for 200. And I still owe it. I'm not going to pay it off. Maybe I can be forgiven. Yeah, let's forgive student loans. <laughs> and that's what they're doing. They're like a clock. They're predictable. Well, Victor, let's take a moment because I think you're right about the Democrats distracting the population. Oh, I know. I had one more question before we go to a break. 
the social media then, since we were just talking about Elon Musk, really plays into this as well, because they need to be able to stop people realizing the things they say are lies. For example, the DeSantis new law is a K through third grade law, and they act like it's Every it's all encompassing, and can't I think say gay. Call it, can't yeah, say, don't can't. don't say gay. I'm I'm just like they just want to be able to stop anybody from showing the lies that they engage in to combat criticism of their various positions. I think, and they and that social media seems to play the big role in that. I mean, people who know that left wing mind across time and space, whether it's. Dostoevsky or George Orwell and Farewell to Catalonia or some of the people who wrote about the Bolsheviks or Tocqueville who wrote about democracy versus the alternative. Everybody knows how that mind works. It's based on the premise that the whole ideology is contrary to human nature. Socialism is contrary to human nature. And this Marxism is contrary to human nature, and they know that. So they have to use threats and force and and all sorts of levers and tangents to distract people. And that's what they do. One of the things they're doing now is, is Vladimir Putin. I mean, nobody dislikes Vladimir Putin more than I have. More, nobody wants the Ukrainians to win more than I do. But the idea that Vladimir Putin caused inflation when the, the 70% of the current you know, impossible rise as horrific inflation was already there. And you know, it was already there. We've said before, because they had a whole vocabulary of excuses. Remember transitory, it's just a bunch of elites that didn't get their exercise equipment or it's Donald Trump's straw. That was all before Vladimir Putin. Now Vladimir Putin, we forgot all about that. It was all his fault. He caused gas. And so it's always finding some kind of a scapegoat because the ideology does not work. It's not empirical. It's not designed to give people a good living and give them freedom of expression and freedom from government and freedom and security and liberty. It's just not. It's too uncontrollable. And these people across the ages are so predictable. They're the wannabe intellectual, the wannabe great thinker, the privileged little person that somebody you know pushed down in grade school and has been nursing his wounds ever since. Whatever it is, these people, they're mean, little, nasty people. And when they take <laughs> and they've taken over the Democratic Party. And yeah, I they sure have. Yeah, they, they tried it with McGovern. They came out yeah. of the woodwork and they drove that party in the ground. And then they got Jimmy Carter after Watergate. Jimmy Carter was supposedly the remedy. And then they took over the Carter administration yeah. and Reagan crushed them. And then the Republicans for 12 years crushed them until Bill Clinton. And the only reason that Bill Clinton won, he never won 51% of the vote, was that he wasn't a dim. I mean, he wasn't like them. Yeah. I mean, he might not. deep down inside he was, but he was smart enough to bring in Dick Morris and that James Carville and those guys. And they, you know, it was, I'm going to be your president of school uniforms. And remember Sister Soldier, yay, Sister Soldier, I don't like racism, you're a racist, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And it worked. Yeah. Well, Victor, let's take a moment for some messages and come right back and we'll talk a little bit about Biden's inflation. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. 
Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. We're back. And we know that inflation has been tough this year. And I know, Victor, that you've been working on your house. So you've been to Home Depot a lot, at least, and noticed the prices. And I was wondering if the prices were getting any better, given that Biden is now telling us that inflation is is starting to abate, or at least he seems to be claiming that. No, it's not. I've had some kind of self-contractor. So I see things I cannot believe. I mean, it's not just the big ticket items like a 1,500-gallon cement septic tank, but it's fittings. It's one-inch elbows. It's couplers and plumbing. You know, it's a dimmer switch, a dimmer switch, 25 bucks, and it's getting worse. And when you get into certain things you have to have, I'm taking a little 600-acre old carriage house that my grandparents actually lived in. My great-great-grandparents lived in with animals. I mean, it was partly a manger and partly... The, the original house, and then later it became a shop for tractors, then a garage. I'm trying to make it into a nut, but you need one inch plywood. One inch plywood, four by eight, it's about a hundred bucks. And it's not even good plywood. When you go there, it's been picked over in the stacks at the lumber yards. So it's not getting better, and the gas is not going down very much. If not in California, not at all, really. And diesel fuel still hovers around $7 a gallon. And you look at a steak in the store and it's, it's like gold. <laughs> and you go to some of these places, like the drugstores or the foods, and they have things locked up like you're in a prison dispensary and you're a convict or something. And no, it's not getting better. And they know it's not getting better. And you get the feeling that they almost like it. You know, it's like, Ooh, you can't drive. Ooh, too bad. Can't drive your big monster truck at 20, uh, 18 to 20 miles a gallon. Isn't that too bad? You might just have to bike or you might just, ooh, you can't get you all your tools. Can't get that snowmobile trailer. You might just have to, you know, get a Tesla, get on a waiting list. That's what Biden said. You're, so, you sound like Jen Psaki. You might have I to do. be a speaker. You might have to be the, uh, is it, um, she, sorry. She's a metaphor she's, for our time. She really is. She's the most heartless, cold person. She really is. And when she does not care, I mean, she's the person that talks about bringing back civility and calls Peter Ducey an SOB, basically. So that's how they operate. They operate. I think everybody's wondering, well, Victor, you're a little bit too hard today, or what happened to you? Did you get too little sleep? No, I'm just trying to be empirical and 
And after spending a lifetime with these people in academia and in the media, I can tell you, I don't have the rhetorical gifts to, to describe what they're like. And a lot of it's because of affluence and leisure. They don't have any grounding with what it's like to go out there and work all day. If you took any of these little journalists or these White House aides or these nasal sounding social media lily pad people and you put them out digging a trench. Yesterday, I'm having trenches duck because all of these buildings, these old barns and stuff and outbuildings have to be, they, they can no longer be on the house uh, power supply. So I'm working with some guys that put trench, they should try doing that. They should try digging a trench through underground electrical wires and pipes and everything and not break them to pieces or get electrocuted or whatever and, and, and try to lay conduit. And then they should, if they don't like it, they should go up 40 feet on top of a roof and nail shingles. Or they should, you know, if they want to put a new septic system in, first they got to take sledgehammers and climb down in the old one and destroy them and get covered with, you know, what? And just do that at day in and day out. Or I had a couple of guys doing insulation the other day and they should go up in an old attic and after sweeping that stuff out and then putting that stuff in day after day after day and try to live on what is paid and they're getting paid more than ever. And these people have no empathy for them because if they had empathy, you would hear Jen Psaki or Joe Biden say, you know what, we got to do something. Uh, we're all for alternative energy, but this is cruel what we're doing to people to make them pay that much. So I'm going to open up Anwar and I'm going to restore Keystone. And we're going to have to be a little bit more disciplined in federal spending. And we got to get people back to work because the only way we're going to get out of this is productivity and supply. We're going to create so much supply that inflation can't catch up with it. And the money can't. So get back to work. No more. Co but they can't do that. They cannot. No, do that. our politicians don't seem to remember that that's what most of the people they're representing do do on a daily basis. No, they're too so. isolated. They're. There's something sick about this globalized, snarky, I'm in the right zip code. You know, my Buffy kid went to Harvard. I got an MBA from Yale. I got a JD from Stanford. I, you know, I've got this designer kitchen. We go to Tuscany. That's just creepy. And yeah. it's not creepy because they're wealthy. I have no problem with people, you know, enjoying the fruits of their hard labors. It's creepy because it exudes kind of a disdain for what they call the deplorables, the irredeemables, the clingers, the dregs, the chumps, the crazy. The, I'm just, again, repeating the Biden, Obama, McCain. Hillary Clinton. Hillary words. Clinton vocabulary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Look at all of them. What do they have yeah. in common? What's Mitt Romney? They're all. You know, I voted for Mitt Romney and I wrote, I think he would have been a lot better than Barack Obama. But that being said, I don't think I would say, and I'm a conservative, I wouldn't say, well, you know, I'm never going to reach 47 to 48% of Americans because they're on the dole. I know some people on the quote dole. And these are people who work their entire life and for good or evil, they have no savings. And if they did, it's been eaten away this year by about 9%. And they're on Social Security. And you should try working, you know, you being Mitt Romney. Yeah. You get on a tractor every day and you make one mistake. You drop a disc blade on your foot or you get off that tractor and you don't quite, you have a leaky PTO 
driven pump and you get a spray of Paraquat in your eyes and you're out of commission and you're out of commission, you're not going to get any money. But they don't ever think of that. They don't think in those concrete terms. And so that was what was wrong with the Republican Party. But it's long now with this wealthy, entitled, snobby, snarky Democratic Party. Those people just get on. Every once in a while, I look at MSNBC and it's always some multimillionaire saying she's a victim of racism or sexism. And I just imagine what, what she does. She have any idea what how she sounds to the majority of people? Well, not very many people watch it, but to the few that do, I don't think she does. Or Joe Biden, when he crunches up his face and he gets angry, like, you know, as I said earlier, you're walking on his lawn and he just, my biggest threat is white supremacy, terrorism, white supremacist terror. I said, no, it's cronyism. Beltway corruption, Biden mafia family grifting, quid pro quo, Hunter Biden. Hunter Biden and his personal life is a metaphor for the excess in 21st century America, Joe. That's what's wrong with this country. It's not some guy in Michigan with, you know, deer horns on his bin and, a, you know, 243 that he takes out and shoots. He's not the enemy. You are. Yeah. Okay, Victor. That's all the time we have today. I'd like to thank you. And I hope that our politicians wake up to their commoners constituency. I hope Elon Musk will be successful in his new endeavor and that the Democratic Party will remain out of touch. Thank you for your wisdom today. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We deeply appreciate it. This is Victor Davis Hanson and Sammy Wink, and we're signing off. Hey there, it's Amanda Head, and I am thrilled to introduce to you my new exciting podcast, Furthermore, with Amanda Head, broadcasting weekly from sunny Los Angeles, California, and brought to you by the dynamic Just the News Podcast Network. On this fresh and engaging podcast, I delve into the latest news with a little bit of a twist, exploring the furthermore of every story. But this isn't your typical run-of-the-mill news commentary or politically charged program. I interview a diverse range of guests, including business leaders, entertainers, musicians, educators, experts, politicians, and many influential figures from both the United States and around the world. So why not make your Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays a little more interesting? Tune in on your preferred podcast platform and discover furthermore with Amanda Head on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. And don't forget to hit that follow or subscribe button and be sure to download the latest episodes. I can't wait to have you join me on this exciting journey.